So um, every year we, uh, we have our staff Christmas party and Andrew told me she thought I should bring the gift that I got this year. But well, let me preface it by saying this. Um, I've gotten some pretty cool gifts over the years, okay? I've left with, you know, bottles of wine. Uh, I've left with, you know, neck massagers that also heat, right? Uh, a couple of years ago, I left with a full-size cardboard cutout of President Donald J. Trump, okay? <laughs> Take with that what you want. Um, and so, you know, I go into these things, very, you know, not, never knowing what to expect, right? Well, this is my present that I left with on Wednesday uh, from our Christmas party, a blanket from my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. And so I've been, yeah, thank you. Stay warm back there. Uh, and so I've, I've been thinking about, um, you know, why do I love that movie so much? Well, there's so many scenes in that movie that are just classic from the opening scene when they go out looking for the Christmas tree and they forget the saw, so they dig it up from the ground. And uh, Russ says, hey, Dad, isn't this why they uh, invented Christmas tree lots? He says, nope, that's because the families have forgotten how to have a good old-fashioned Christmas. Then I think uh, my favorite is when they're finally getting the lights figured out on the house, right? And, and, and everybody's there and, and, and he goes down the line and, and who shows up but Cousin Eddie shows up. And, and Catherine said, you know, we were gonna call but Eddie wanted it to be a surprise. And uh, he pulls up in his RV, it looks beautiful. And, and it just kind of reminds you that everybody, every family has at least one, maybe a couple of people that, you know, you're gonna spend the holidays with them. You're not thrilled about it but you're gonna make the most of it, right? Uh, then there's the sledding scene. Uh, then there's the Christmas dinner where Aunt Bethany you know, says the Pledge of Allegiance for the prayer. Um, and it just kind of, it's just a mess. You know, the whole thing is a mess. But it just reminds you that Christmas is about family and Christmas is about love. And, um, and so I hope you'll watch that movie with your family this week. It's on all the time. Um, and uh, I'm excited about my gift. We have made this journey through Advent, and today we are lighting the fourth candle on the Advent wreath, which is the candle for love. Uh, we started with hope, then we talked about peace. Last week, we talked about joy on Walk Through Bethlehem Sunday, and again, thanks to everybody who made Walk Through Bethlehem such a special day. And, and today, we're talking about love. Um, Christmas is all about love. God's love for us, our love for God, our love for each other. Love is the essence of Christmas. Love is the essence of Christianity. Um, today, what I'd like to do is talk to you for a few minutes about, about what it means to be changed by Christmas, uh, to be given a new outlook on life through the birth of Jesus Christ. Because here's the deal. If Christmas doesn't change you, if it doesn't inspire you, if it doesn't bring you hope and peace and joy and love into your life, into your heart, then, then, then you've missed what it's all about. Um, you've missed its real meaning. John sums up the entire gospel message with one verse in chapter three. I think it was Martin Luther that called this the gospel in brief. When he writes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. You know, we see this verse all over the place. You see it at, at basketball games, on billboards, written on the walls and restrooms. We see it all over the place. But, but, but have we become so familiar with it that we forget to pay attention to what it is saying, to its meaning? Is it just a verse we can recite in our sleep? Uh, or, or do we really listen to what it is saying? This amazing verse sums up what Christmas is all about. 
And it contains the truth of the gospel and the truth about the God that we serve. First, it tells us that it was God who took the initiative at Christmas. It was God who sent his son into the world that he loved so much. It was God who knew that the world that he had created was broken, fractured, and it needed to be restored. It was God who reached out to us in our lonely and confused state by sending his son to teach us how to love and to teach us how to live. Secondly, this verse tells us that God did this solely out of love. God did this out of compassion and mercy, not because God had to or felt obligated to, but because God wanted to. God acted not for his own sake, but for our sake. And personally, I believe that God longs for all of God's children to respond to this act of grace in the person of Jesus Christ by being faithful and obedient in this world. But we've all been given that choice. And we know that, that some people don't make that choice. But God wants us to choose faith and accept the grace. And lastly, this one verse shows us, I think, the width and depth and wonder of God's love. It says, for God so loved the world, not just a single nation, not just a particular church or denomination, not just a certain class or race, not just those who are always obedient and faithful, not just those who strictly followed the law, but God loved and still loves the entire world. Or as one theologian put it, this act of grace was for everyone, the unlovable and the unlovely, the lonely who have no one else to love them, those who, who love God and those who never even think of God, those who rest in the love of God and those who deny that God even exists, all are, un, all are included in this unselfish act of grace. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. Because Jesus, born in Bethlehem, would grow up and teach us what it means to love. Teach us what it means to show mercy and compassion. Teach us what it means to heal and be agents of peace in this world. And so Christmas is never complete until we recognize that we have been charged as his followers to go and love each other. And we all know that sometimes that's hard. Why? Well, because people can be selfish. People can be mean. And people can say things that are unkind. And, and, and people can, can do some terrible things to each other. We, we, we hurt each other. And so we can talk and sing about love at Christmas, but until we actually go out and do it, the world won't be changed. Our families won't be changed. The church won't be changed. Nashville won't be changed. I have three very simple messages for you this final Sunday of Advent about Christmas and specifically about love. And I hope you'll take these to heart. Um, so there they are. Well, there's the first one. Three simple messages. The first one is this. In life, love is an ongoing choice that we make. You know, somebody once said falling in love is easy. I think everybody in here has probably fallen in love, maybe multiple times, you know. Said it just takes a pulse, right? But choosing to actively love people over the long run is what life and Christianity is all about. What does Paul say? Love is, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Paul says love never ends. Now, I made this comment to you a few weeks ago. I said that as human beings, we all have certain things in common. Do you remember this? I said, we all wanna be seen, we all wanna be heard, we all wanna be respected, we all wanna be included, and we all wanna be loved. We wanna be seen, we wanna be heard, we wanna be respected, 
we want to be included, and we want to be loved. You know, we all share those desires. But because we are not always good at doing this for each other, we hurt each other. We offend each other. And it might not even be intentional, but it still happens. And so all this means is that that love must be an ongoing choice in life. We must choose it over and over and over again. You don't choose it once and for all. You choose it over and over again. This is what Jesus said. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, yeah, these two are very much intertwined. It's not a one-time decision. We make it every day. And so every day that we get up and we're blessed with another day of life, we have to continue to choose to love other people, even when it's hard, even when we don't feel like it. Second message this morning. The thing that always gets in the way of love is fear. So if we want to love, we have to face our fears. And when we face our fears, we usually realize that things aren't as bad as we once thought. In Luke's gospel, you heard it read earlier, we hear about the shepherds who are out in the fields watching their flock by night. The shepherds who had a hard job, a thankless job. They were mostly from the peasant class, the, the poor class. And so this angel appears to them and they were absolutely terrified, Luke tells us. But the angel said, don't be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. So the shepherds were terrified, but they listened to the angel and they went to Bethlehem to see what had happened. But before they could go to Bethlehem, what did they have to do? They had to face their fears. You know, I don't know what you're afraid of this Christmas. I know there's something. Maybe it's fear of failure, a fear of rejection, fear of the future, fear of not having the marriage you want or not having the friends you want or not having the people reciprocate when you, uh, when you reach out to them. But I do know this. We cannot love well in life until we face our fears. Because fear always holds us back. And fear makes us do and say things that we wouldn't otherwise do and say. Um, It's always been true that those who we love the most have the ability to hurt us the deepest. We know that, right? But remember what Tennyson said. In life, it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. But to love, we have to face our fears. Because whenever we are afraid, love is much more difficult. And so we sing at Christmas, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And when I think about it, you know, I'm just amazed at the ways that fear shows up in my own life. What are the things that you're afraid of? And how is Fear keeping you from loving the people that are in your life? It's an important question to ask and to wrestle with this Christmas. Lastly, this morning, if we want to love like Jesus, if we want to love the way that that he calls us to love, then we must learn to forgive. 
There's nothing Christian about holding on to a grudge and never letting it go. It's not healthy. It's not the way we're called to live. There's nothing Christian about cancel culture. I've said that before. There's no, it's just not. And, and so many of us will gather with, with our families this week and, and maybe there's something that happened in the past with somebody and it's keeping a relationship from being healthy. You know, somebody was hurt, somebody was offended, uh, somebody was mad or resentful. And, and Christmas, I think, is a time to let it go because if you can't let it go at Christmas, then when can you? Forgiveness is one of the hardest parts about being a Christian, but it's a necessary part. Because I don't know about you, friends, but, but I don't want to live in a world where everybody holds on to things from the past and keeps bringing them up. That world does not sound like fun to me. And yet, that's the way that many people live every day. And it's sad. And it's sad because it doesn't have to be that way. Forgiveness is a necessary part of love. You know, I wish we lived in a world where we didn't hurt each other. I wish we lived in a world where we, we didn't offend each other. Um, but, but we do these things to each other. And so Jesus tells us to forgive if we want to be forgiven. Jesus tells us to forgive if we want to enjoy life. I was talking with a close friend yesterday and this friend lost, suddenly lost his, uh, his business partner who was another really close friend. And, and he was really upset because they've been business partners for a while, but the last few weeks, they just, they've, they've kind of clashed a little bit. They, you know, they've just had some things come up that they're dealing with and, and it, just, it, just, it just hasn't been easy. And, and all of a sudden, the, this, this one person um, died suddenly, uh, late Friday. And, and so I was talking to my friend and he just was kind of saying over and over again, I just wish I could have one more conversation with him just to tell him it's, it's okay. It, we're okay, we're good. There are things in our lives that we need to just park and put away and leave it alone and move on. And all I'm saying this morning is that Christmas is a time to do that because if you don't do that, then you're not gonna be able to love the way that Jesus wants you to love, the way that we're called to love. Let me close with, with these words. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, a great carol. Andrew and the band sing many good carols in here. And um, this is one that I'll just leave you with. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat, peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I hope in this final week of Christmas, we got seven days, I hope that you can 
find the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of this season, but I also hope that you can face your fears and heal any resentments and anything else that's going on because if we don't do that, then we can't love each other the way that God wants us to love, not just at Christmas, but all the time. Join me in prayer. Loving God, we know that love came down at Christmas. Love, all lovely love divine. We know that your gift of Christ was a way to rescue this world from its selfishness and its bitterness and its hatred and its resentment and all the things that, that we tend to do as human beings when we're not connected to you and we're not dialed in to our faith. And so I pray that everybody here this morning can experience love and give love this Christmas, can face their fears this Christmas, can find joy with their families and, and the peace that passes all understanding. I pray for everybody here that that will happen this week, that you will be with each and every person, that the real message and meaning of Christmas will prevail and take root in all of our hearts. Amen.